How's everybody? Good. Amen, amen, amen. You, we are indeed, aren't we? Uh, I want to do a quick survey, but before I get started, let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we believe that tonight you have a word in time and in season for some heart, and we ask, Lord, that you would melt that heart and speak yes. to that heart so that they can be drawn closer to you. And I ask God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to do a quick survey. How many of you feel like you hear from God? Raise your hand. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Um, I do have a scripture that I want us to take a look at. And read it together. It's from the, I think, the NIV. He's going to put it up on the screen. Would you read this together out loud with me? Come on. One, two, three, read. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out of his home, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they his voice. Amen? Amen. I think of that particular passage, a story comes to mind that I heard once, <clears throat> and it talks about the story of two shepherds. They both had a herd of sheep and they were traveling in different directions. And as they traveled, their herds got mixed up. Yet the shepherds kept traveling. And as they continued to travel, the sheep began to follow their shepherd. Seems strange, but you know why they were able to do that? Because the sheep, because each shepherd had their own sound for their flock. The sheep knew the sound of their shepherd and another they would not follow. You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? All right. <laughs> So this evening, I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. In theology, there are two terms that are, which many people are familiar with. And those terms are the general will of God and the specific will of God. And I want to relate these terms to hearing the voice of God. Now, we all want the specific will of God. We're all talking about, you know, okay, I want to know what God is saying. What does all that mean? See, keep in mind that God is concerned about every decision in our life. God wants the best for us. And that's why we need his voice in our lives. For example, when we're in the midst of making the decision, we want to hear the voice of God. And whatever the matter is, if we're purchasing a new home, 
changing jobs, relocating to another state. Any important decision, we want a specific word from God in those matters. However, in order to get a specific word from God, we need to know the general word of God. And what does that mean? Well, my concern is that we're trying to hear a specific word from the Lord at various times in our lives without daily practicing hearing the word of God. Amen. Now, if you, want, if you wait to the times that you are in a big decision in your lives for a specific word and we're not in the habit of meeting with him and hearing from him on a regular basis, it makes a difference and it makes it difficult for us to, get, to hear a specific word when we don't know the general word of God. The general word of God is daily spending time with God so that we can get to know him and his attributes. Which leads me to this question. How much time do we allow in our daily schedule to sit and hear God? See, I believe that we love God. I believe that we value his voice. But many times, it's those large decisions that we must make that inspires us to seek his voice. Do we value God's voice to set a time aside to listen to it? How many of you have a navigation system? You know, or you use the navigation system. It's a great tool, isn't it? How valuable has that navigation voice become to, to us? Like I said, it's a great tool. It gives us step-by-step instructions. It prepares the driver just before he's about to do anything. It prepares the driver. For instance, it says, in 500 feet, turn right. In 500 feet, turn right. We know what we're supposed to do. You wait a few minutes. In 300 feet, turn right. In 300 feet, turn right. That's a great tool. We use it. And what happens when we miss a turn? That navigation doesn't say, you dummy, you missed a turn. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Instead, it reroutes us to an alternate path to get us back on the path. We depend on that voice in the navigation system to get us to our destination. And that's how the voice of a shepherd should be in our ear. Because his desire is to get us to his destination. It's God's desire to talk to us. And I believe that God's voice can be as clear as that navigation system is to us. Now, some of you may be saying, you know, God never talks to me. He'll never say nothing to me. I don't, I don't never hear God talking to me. I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you a sheep? Are you a sheep? Because the scripture says in John 10, 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice and they know my voice. 
The only way you're going to know the voice of the shepherd is to spend time with him. Relationship requires communication. We have a shepherd that wants to spend time with us. We have a shepherd that has laid down his life for us, for his sheep. And that's how important his relationship is for us. The reason we need to spend time with a shepherd is so we can get to know his mannerisms, get to know his ways, get to know what is his direction. There are certain attributes about his character that we can learn when we're spending time with him. You see, Jesus opened the eyes of a blind man, and some people said, you know what? He's demon-possessed. You know why they thought Jesus was demon-possessed when he opened the eyes of a blind man? Because they didn't know him. Yet another one said, would a demon-possessed man open the eyes of a blind man? Some people don't know God's character. They don't know that God has said, I've made a covenant with you. And if there are crooked places in your life, he says, I'll make them straight. He says, I am the God that if you're going through a desert, if if you're facing some dry places, I'll put streams of water in the desert place for you. They don't know the shepherd because they're not, they're, they don't know that the shepherd is saying, look, I've chosen you. They don't know the shepherd is saying, I formed you. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. In time of your distress, I will help you. I will come to your aid. They don't know the shepherd. They don't know that the shepherd's character says, if you wander off, I'll leave the 99 and go look for you. They don't know that the shepherd says, I'm married to the backslider. See, that's the character of our shepherd. So what keeps us from being intimate with our shepherd? What is it that's holding our attention? I'll tell you. Some of you tell me. What's holding? What is it that keeps us from being intimate? Somebody give me some examples. Work? Busy? What? Phone? Me too sometimes. You're absolutely right. The The business of life. It's always another errand to run. It's always another uh, task that we got to complete. It's always something. And we live in an imperfect world. And we have all these distractions that are coming at us that's grabbing our attention. Sometimes the distraction can be the news. And some of the situations on the news can grip our hearts. Yeah. You know, another school shooting or children being taken away from their parents. Those things grip our heart or other catastrophe, world catastrophes. Computer games can be a distraction. We can spend hours and hours entertaining ourselves. Distractions can keep us from completing assignments. 
keep us from our priorities. Here's, here's an example. You're in school, you're trying to complete an assignment, you're using the internet, you're looking up information, and up pops an advertisement. <laughs> the advertisement captures your eye. Now your attention has been diverted from your original goal. You see, the internet has something they call cookies. You know what I'm talking about? And in those cookies, they kind of track our activities. And then you're looking up, you might be on the internet looking up a pair of shoes. And you go to another site. You've left the shoe site. Now you're on another site. And over in the corner, they pop those shoes back up. It's a distraction. Our distractions could be a telephone call or telephone calls. It could even be watching Christian televisions. It could even be Christian radio stations that we're listening to. Those can be all can be distractions. We have all these voices in our ears. And though we are sheep, we can miss the sound of our shepherd. Yeah. Because of all those voices. And sometimes we can get confused about which voice is speaking to us. Many times we can be left wondering, is this God talking to me? Or maybe it's that meatloaf I ate last night. <laughs> we get all sorts of messages and we can think that they're from God. But there is a scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Dearly loved friends, don't always believe everything you hear. Just because someone says it's a message from God. Test it first. See if it really is. So how do we know when we are hearing God's voice. Tonight, I'm going to give you some practical suggestions on ways of hearing God's voice. These are just a few of the steps that I apply in my own life. So number one, if you were going to go get your eyes checked, tell me what you would do. Somebody tell me, what would you do? What would you do? If you were going to go get your eyes checked, what would you do? Huh? Put some shades on? Take them with you? What else? What would you do? Make an appointment? That's exactly right. If you were going to get your eyes checked, you would make an appointment. So it is with God. We need to set an appointment with him. We need to, and that appointment could be in our truck. It could be in our car. It could be in our bedroom. It could be at the kitchen table. It could be in our bed. But set an appointment and say, God, this is the place where I want to meet you. I want to spend some time with you. The other thing, calm your thoughts. Be still. Be still before him. The scripture says, be still and know that I am who? I am God. Allow God some time to just saturate his, us with his presence. 
Turn off the sound of the cell phone. Clear our minds. Set our heart in an attitude of worship. Sometimes you don't even have to sing the song. The song could be sung within you. You could be singing that song within your, within your soul. And it could change you. Read the Bible. Give God a chance to talk to you. Jesus is never in a hurry, and yet he's never late. Because he's in tune with the will of the Father. Spend time reading the word. Get a verse. Some people say, well, I don't know what to read. What should I read? Well, read a psalm. Read a Proverbs. Read John. Go to the Gospels. Read Matthew. Read, just pick one verse and just sit there and meditate on it and let the Spirit of the Lord just speak to you. The Word of God has a way of centering us. It has a way of giving us peace. The other thing is pray. Spend some time just praying. Pray for your family. Pray for the church. Pray for the nation. You may not come with any of that on your heart. That particular morning, whatever God drops in your spirit, pray that, pray it out. Just pray. Write out your prayers. That's journaling. Write down what God is speaking to you, what, God is, what, what you think God may be saying. Write it down. Lord, I think I heard this. Lord, your word says this. Write down what you're praying about. And then review it and reflect on it. At the end of the day, come back and look at that and say, well, how did any of this mash out in my life today? Look at it a week from, from then. How does this work in my life? Review it. Let God say something to you more about it. These suggestions are ways that I have practiced hearing from God. So I brought my journal with me. I brought my journal because I wanted to share a couple things from you that I journaled down that I felt like God spoke to me about. So one of the things that I want to write, want to talk to you about is a dream. You know, sometimes God speaks to me in dreams. How many of you ever heard had that happen? Okay. So I wrote down, when I, if, when I wake up, I try to write it down so I won't forget it. <laughs> you know, because the day goes on and you forget this. So I wrote it down, and here's one of the dreams that, that I had. I dreamed about picking apples. As I was doing this, I had three apples in my hand. I reviewed the apples and discovered one had a large hole in it. So I thought, this apple, this hole in this apple is large enough for a snake to be in it. I threw the apple in the trash. In doing so, a snake came out in the trash. And that was the dream. So I wake up and I'm praying because I'm bothered not only with this dream, but some other things have been bothering me. So I went to sleep with, with, with some things bothering me. And so I woke up, and I was asking God, God, 
Why do I feel as if I'm just really going through some hard times? What is it? I need to hear you move. That's what I'm praying and crying out to God. I need you to move in this situation. I need you to move on my behalf. What's going on? What is it? And so I open the scripture and God gives me this verse. He says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. And it says, which declares the faithful do not only war with flesh and blood, but with Satan himself and spiritual wickedness. That's what God said to me. Another incident. I, um, I went to bed with a person uh, on my heart, and I was praying for the person. And I really wanted some changes to take place in the person's life because they needed it. They needed, they needed, they needed God, and they really needed to make some changes. And so, uh, as I was praying, I went to sleep praying for them. And in the midst of it, I had a dream. So this dream, I woke up laughing. Because I felt like God knew me. I felt like God really knows me. When, when, I, when I share the dream with you, you'll understand. I, and I woke up laughing because I said, that had to be God. So, it goes like this. Last night, the Lord made me laugh. He was talking to me in a dream. He reminded me how I'm always trying to fix stuff. He said, remember how you tried to fix everybody's watches? Taking them apart and couldn't put them back together? Leaving out parts, saying that the watch didn't need it anyway? He said, remember the door you tried to repair and your dad had to help you with it? Even as a child, you have always tried to fix things. But you can't fix people. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God changes and fixes people. You can't. That was, and I know that that was God. <laughs> because that's what I used to do. I would convince my brothers and sisters to give me their watches for me to repair it, even though I had no, no knowledge of it. And my mom would just say, she would fuss at them. She said, y'all are just stupid. Why are you giving her that watch? She knows nothing about it. So I knew God knew me, and I knew that this was God talking to me because I like to fix things. And I, wanted, I went to bed thinking about that person that I wanted to fix. I want to tell you, there are times when God has spoken to me that I've been afraid. He told me to do something and I was afraid. And I know he said do it, but I was scared. I'm going to give you an example. I worked on a mission with children. And at night, I usually would go to bed last and lock up everything and send the children to bed. You know, because I wanted to make sure everything was locked up. But this particular night, I was exhausted. So I went to bed before the children. <laughs> and I left them up. So about 2 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up. And he said, go downstairs and close that door. And he even showed me the door. I didn't have to wonder which door it was. He showed me which door was, was left wide open. I didn't want to get up because the house was huge. I was scared. 
and there was nobody up but me. And if the door was open, how did I know somebody else was in the house but me? But I was scared. So I laid there and I said, God said it again. Get up and go close the door. So I got up and did what he said to do. I'm telling you this because, and lo and behold, the door was wide open. It was open. There was no question about it. He didn't, it wasn't to go, me having to look and find which door it was. He showed me which door it was. He woke me up and gave me a vision of which door was open. It was wide open. And I'm telling you this because sometimes God requires of us to do things and we're afraid. But we have to trust him. We have to believe that God has our best interest. And that when he requires something of us, that he has our back. Amen? Amen. Now I want to ask you, how do you know if it's God's voice? Well, ask yourself, is it consistent with scripture? Great. Is it consistent with scripture? Now I've had individuals that tell me, they say, okay, God says, it's, I'm gonna, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And they use the argument, God doesn't want us to be walked all over and be taken advantage of. They've taken, you have to know the scripture because people would take the scripture out of context and use it for their own good and use it for whatever pawn that they want to manipulate. I've had people to tell me that God understands why they're dating a married man. Does that line up with scripture? No. But people can use scripture to justify all sorts of things. That's why it's important for us to know the word of God. The general word as well as a specific word. Will that word, will what we have heard, does it make us more Christ-like? What are we hearing? Does it reflect the fruit of the spirit? Does it produce anger? Does it produce jealousy? Envy? Does it cause us to harbor unforgiveness? Is that God's word or is that your word? Then, ask yourself, if you've gotten a word, do you need to get godly counsel? Because sometimes you can get something and you're not clear about it. Don't hide it. Oh, I don't want to tell nobody. Okay, that's a sign right there. God will confirm what he says. Listen to what God is, wants to tell you, not what you want to hear. Sometimes we'll go to people and we'll ask certain people because we want to hear, we want to, them to tell us what we want to hear versus allowing God to speak to us. And if you have a word from God, God will confirm his word. He will confirm that word he's given you. It's not a secret. There is nothing new. God will confirm it. Is the word convicting or is it condemning? And that's what you have to ask yourself. See, Jesus convicts. He causes us to say, okay, 
I am going to make a change in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to, I am not going to be the same person that I am. The transformation starts from inside. And he says to us, look, I love you. I know you did this, but put it on the altar. Repent and I'll forgive you. I'll stretch your sins as far from the east still to the west. I'll remember it no more. What does Satan do? He condemns us. You stupid little thing, you. Don't forget what you did the last time. You always making them stupid mistakes. When you hear that voice rattling in your head, that's not from God. That is the lie of the enemy to condemn you, to make you oppress. And you have to shake it off. And how do you shake it off? With the word of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Shake it off with the word. That's why it's important that you know the general word of God if you want a specific word from God. I'm going to wrap this up. Do I have God's peace when I get a word? You can have a word from God which will cause you to walk through the storms but you can have peace in the midst of it. God sent a prophet to a broke widow and a, and a child that she had to feed to, for, for him to eat at the broke widow and the child's house. And you would scratch your head and say, what is God doing? But God knows what he's doing. He can send us through situations that we think is just cruddy and bring us out on the other side victorious it says in Luke it tells that Jesus was traveling to another region and when he got out of the boat he was confronted with a legion of demons one word from God can change a person's life one word from God can bring deliverance to a broken house one word from God can count We can count on that God will give us peace in our souls regardless of the trauma that we may be facing. One word from God. That's why it's important for us to hear God's voice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, would you stand please? Now, just because I'm verbally praying out loud, I want you to pray. I want you to pray out loud because... It doesn't matter to me if you're praying and I'm praying. That doesn't bother me. So let's just talk to the Lord and whatever's on your heart, let's just pray it off. Okay? All right, let's pray. Lord, we just want to tell you that we love you and we do bless your name. And thank you, God, for your word. May it seek and, and, and root in our heart. May we use your prayer to help guide our lives so that we can grow closer to you. And Father, we thank you that you hold the world in your hand. You You have all power. You have all control. God, that situations that we can't, we have no way of fixing it, Lord, that you do. And we thank you, God, that we we can cast our cares upon you because you care for us. We thank you that you are a shepherd, Lord, that loves us, that calls us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we bless your name tonight, Jesus. We thank you for the faithfulness of who you are. We give you all the honor. We ask you to bless each home that's here tonight. 
take the shackles and the weights off people's lives that are just burdened with different situations. Give them your peace. Give them your joy. Renew them right now. Change the countenance of of their face with your presence, Lord Jesus. Lift the weights from their hearts and, Lord, put a new joy in it because your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, we bless your name tonight. We honor you, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. We ask God you lift every oppression. We come against every demonic stronghold. We ask God that you bless our homes. Bless the children, Father. We give you your name, the glory. There is none like you, Father. We bless the name of Jesus. In your name, we praise you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.